This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, retailers have had much different experiences during this pandemic. Some have been able to do pretty well. Others have been struggling. But what has this period been like for luxury retailers? Rebecca Minkoff is designer and founder of the company that bears her name. Uh, Rebecca is also a member of the Director's Council of the Wharton School's Baker Retailing Center and spoke with Wharton Schools uh, earlier as part of their Fall 2020 Baker Retailing Center Executive Speaker Series. And a pleasure to have her joining us for a few moments right now. Rebecca, great to have you on the show with us. Thank you for your time. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So for you, sum up these last seven months during this coronavirus pandemic and what it's been like for your business. So I think there's a famous quote that says it was the best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I'll, I'll start with, um, you know, the first month was truly the worst moment as an entrepreneur and as a founder, I think my, my brother and I have ever experienced with regards to the uncertainty, the department store closings, you know, canceled orders, 70% of our business evaporating essentially overnight. Uh, and then what followed, right? The furloughs, the layoffs that we had to do to stay alive. Um, I felt like, you know, as sometimes I was letting go of, fam- of true family members. Um, when that dust sort of settled and we said, okay, we, we want to survive this. We need to pivot. We need to figure this out. And what are we going to do to innovate and to stand through this as a challenge? Yeah. Um, and, and what's happened is outside of, you know, the, the negative things I just spoke of, what we had wanted to do with our own business that we thought was going to take five years has, has been achieved in the last six months. So yeah. our business is up year over year. Um, you know, we're seeing a, a true uh, and very strong desire from the customers that she keeps coming back. We're selling out of goods. And, and I think, you know, it's how we've approached, you know, our marketing and our messaging and our product offering. Um, so it's a silver lining that came out of, you know, one of the worst times I've ever experienced. How much of your business has normally been online and how much has that changed over the last seven months? So we were about 20 to 30 percent direct to consumer as an organization with 70 percent of our business prior to COVID being wholesale, um, that's where our focus went every day. You know, we were just trying to optimize those relationships, that business. And so when that went away and we focused all of our attention on our own site and on our customer, you know, 24 seven, because that's all we had, um, you know, we saw again, huge growth. And now it's about 80% of the business. Um, and as wholesale is beginning to reopen, we'll be, we'll be reopening that business. But I think we, we always wanted it to be more equal, right? We always wanted to be around a 50-50. Has that story that you just laid out been similar to what some of the other businesses in your industry have been dealing with? No. I truly feel that from what I'm reading and seeing, we've been an anomaly, but I also think that we're, we're, you know, running with people that have hundreds of thousands of stores that close. Right? Not hundreds of thousands, you know, hundreds of stores that have closed um, or couldn't pivot as quickly because they were so much bigger as an organization. Right. So I think smaller, more independent designers are feeling this list, but I don't know that it's uh, that way for some of the bigger brands. Now that you're you're seven months into this and where do you stand 
uh, in terms of just your retail philosophy moving forward, uh, thinking about, you know, even the element of stores and whether or not they will continue to be an element of what you want to do moving forward? So I do think that having a retail presence is important. We have two stores, uh, one in L.A. and one in New York, um, and they've been open for streaming only. So we have Um, a number of Chinese streamers who will come in, stream for a few hours and leave. Um, We just recently reopened New York to the general public. Um, So I think, you know, for the customer, when she feels like it's safe enough to go out, it is an important touch point for the brand to touch and feel. I think people will start to obviously adopt more technology for shopping, similar to, you know, the QR codes now at restaurants that seem normal. Um, And I think that, you know, we're just thinking about things differently. We're happy to leave money on the table with a wholesaler because we're just not going to make the agreements we used to make. You know, there's a lot of nuances to the business that might be too complicated to get in on this show. But sometimes as a brand, you end up making a lot of compromises and sacrifices to be in a store. And so we're going to look everything through the lens of is this profitable and good business? If it is, great. If we have to leave money on the table that's not profitable money, then we will we're joined by Rebecca Minkoff, uh, designer, founder uh, of the uh, brand that bears her own name. So you mentioned about you know being ahead on sales now for for the fiscal year. So did you see? And obviously at the outset, there's no question. I'm sure you saw changes in spending patterns because you know people were were, were struggling in many cases. But have you seen those spending patterns change at all as we've we've moved along over the last few months? I think that we've seen a bump in certain categories that we had not anticipated at all. We had uh, a very small jewelry line that all of a sudden we were selling out of jewelry and for a handbag brand to do that, that was crazy. Um, And then we saw anything that had a great puff sleeve or strong shoulder was beginning to move uh, massive units. And and I finally was like, it's it's Zoom, right? She needs a great earring and she needs a great shoulder because that's all you're seeing these days. And so- If she's going to be on a Zoom every day, she needs a lot of outfits and she needs a lot of jewelry that's affordable. So we've seen that product shift. We've also seen our desire from our customer to have nylon because she's going grocery shopping a million times a week. If she's a mom like me or, or wherever she's you know going, she doesn't need you know a going out bag. So we've sort of optimized our product offering on the go forward as yep. we see this continuing. And, and your company is doing face coverings as well. Yep, we launched masks on Saturday. We sold over a thousand in the first few hours. Um, and we'll be doing different prints, you know, for each season. And, um, yeah, it took us a bit longer than I wanted to get into masks, but we wanted to do it sustainably. We wanted chemicals, uh, that were earth friendly and non-toxic. Um, and we wanted, you know, you to be breathing in hundred percent cotton versus some of the microplastics that are in these things. Yeah. They're polyester. And so it took a minute, but we're, we're happy to be here. Uh, what about the, the idea of a resale component? So there's actually um, an incredible company that I truly hope we can start working with called Reswant that actually allows the consumer from buying your site to add the images from my site um, and all the you know product description to their own resale, whether it's you know, going live on the real, real or other or other areas. So I think that that's going to become 
uh, more important. And I mean, the resale business is booming. I think it more appeals to people that are buying luxury items yeah. versus, you know, fast fashion. But we have a we have a big resale business. Um, from what I can see, if you just do a simple search, we have a lot of women buying and selling my bags. And so I do think that will continue. But I think that's a bit different customer. You know, it's a different mindset um, versus the one who wants something new. I had seen that that you were also doing some work with other brands in terms of cross promotion and, and trying to help each other out. And, and obviously I, I think that's an interesting component, especially in the times, in the times that we're in, to, I, I, I guess to a degree, try and keep uh, as many boats afloat in this uh, during this pandemic as you can. Yeah. I mean, the original idea was all of a sudden we had to find a way to get a new audience, a new eyeball. And I just went back to, you know, what about just cross promotion as a brand? So I contacted anyone that I knew or had a connection to and said, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. Um, and what it resulted in is a 70% lift in organic traffic to our site. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that correlates down to sales. And we were seeing just a ton of new customers from this. So, you know, between that and then launching giveaways, which as a brand, I had always been hesitant to do. You know, do they sign up for the giveaway and then quickly unsubscribe? But we've added almost 120,000 new emails, you know. So let's just say you lose 100,000 of them. You know, we have 20,000 new customers and all I had to do was give away a couple bags. You know, I'll take the risk. So those have been incredibly helpful in new audience awareness and then also, you know, new email acquisition that was free. Essentially. Uh, I, I mentioned that you had uh, done a, uh, a, a, a speech with uh, Wharton students. Uh, give us a sense of, of the message that you were trying to deliver to them. And, and obviously this is a unique time to, to deliver this type of a message to, uh, to students that will soon be out there uh, in the, in this type of marketplace. I think the two things I wanted to get across was that right now is where innovation is going to be taking place in an incredibly sped up way. I think you see that with every recession, the companies that come out of them um, have sort of begun to dig under the covers and find ways that they can advance and support and really innovate and make change for the customer. So let this student body be the group that brings the next round of innovation, the Airbnbs, the Ubers, right? Yeah. All these things that have changed dramatically how we operate um, and let let yourself go, okay, you know, it isn't what COVID is doing to us, it's what it's doing for us in terms of business innovation. And also that we can't let the students get into this mindset of, woe is me, I didn't get my senior year. Like if we look at history, right? My grandparents you know, had to flee the Holocaust. Mm. There's been a lot, you know, or people, you know, in the 60s had to march, you know, for the right uh, to not go to war or, you know, in the 50s, integration, right? We've all had, what we're experiencing now is nothing compared to what people have had to go through. So put your boots on, put your big girl pants on and (laughs) just, you know, see what you can do to be part of the change versus, you know, be at at the position, uh, you know, we're all in right now. Rebecca, pleasure to talk with you. Thanks very much for your time. And uh, we will hopefully uh, get to cross paths down on campus at some point down the road. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Rebecca Minkoff, uh, great having her joining us here on the show. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.